well tonight. Would you do this for me? Let's sing Amazing Grace a cappella. Amazing Grace. That's you tonight. Say amen. amen. There you go. Amen. Good to have you here tonight. What a wonderful crowd. Great to be back tonight. Had a great time this morning. 192 people in church here this morning. That's fantastic. Uh, as we tail off the uh, COVID situation, we're getting closer to having full church again. You'll have one service next week. I'm excited for you. Pastor will be back, uh, hopefully rested up and ready to go. I've been texting him while he's away, and he's been having a good time. He's doing some work down there. That's a first in a very long time for him. Does he watch the evening service? <laughs> I love you, Pastor. Thank you for having me. I'm joking. <laughs> I love him. He's one of my dearest friends. He really is. Uh, we stay in communication all the time. We rant back and forth to each other all the time. Um, he'll get upset about something, you know, that's going on in the world. and He'll rant to me, and then I rant back to him, and we just have a great time. We never solve anything, but we have a good time trying anyways. But I'm so glad he's got some time away with his uh, dear wife and seeing their other kids and um, having uh, some time of fellowship there. So that's good. They'll be back soon, and uh, you'll be back together as a church. I'm glad for you. Um, it's been too long, and uh, I love what's coming together. Some great things here. Great music tonight. Daniel, great job on the piano, son. Man, you did a good job. And if you can't sing with that guy playing the piano something's wrong with you all right he can play that piano I love when men play ladies do a good job but there's just something about a guy they just give a little extra sometimes and of course you got Lori as well and Lori can play super well so um thankful for that thank you very much tonight for your musical ministry and then the voices that you have here incredible Dr. Strachan uh, built this church when I was here as a kid he said you gotta have two great things you gotta have great preaching and you have gotta have great music you've had great music tonight the preaching is gonna really be soft but other than that it's been really good uh, one of the gentlemen tonight that were here tonight said, hey, he said, I went home and watched the second service. You didn't preach the same message. I said, no, I changed it up. I had a, another message. I said, when I come, I don't like to preach the same message twice. I figure some people might want to stay and hear the second message or, you know, tune in. He said, I tuned in. He goes, really good. But he said, you're kind of long. I said, you want your money back? He goes, yeah, I do. I said, well, you see Rob Judge, he's got all the money. He'll, he'll take care of it for you. So, no, he didn't say that. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight, and I really, I really enjoyed the opportunity this morning. Good, good crowd this morning, good spirit this morning. Some young people here tonight. I got to shake some hands with some young people over here tonight. Good-looking crew, young people here, and some other ones scattered out. Some of you feel like uh, teenagers tonight. How many of you feel good tonight? Raise your hand high in the air. You feel good, all right? Some of you don't look very good, but you feel good. Do this for me. Look at the person next to you. There might not be somebody immediately to, but you can share. Look at somebody tonight. Go ahead and look at them right now. Look at, look at each other here. Come on, look at them. Look them right in the eye and say this. I'm glad. Sir, you're not looking at anybody. You need to look at somebody. I, I'm glad. Say it nice and I'm glad I don't look like you. All right, good. There you go. Just break the ice. It's been a while. Uh, some of you can't even tell. You got your mask on. I can't even tell. And I've said this, I said, if you're ugly, but you have beautiful, beautiful eyes, this is your time to shine right now. This is good. All right. So do that. Take your Bibles, turn to Joshua 24. You're in good spirits tonight. Thank you for that. Joshua 24. I want to give you a message I've entitled, The God. 
the God. I can't believe I even need to ask this in Canada. I love our country. I've been very proud of our country over the years. I'm very patriotic. Love our military. Love our RCMP, their colors, the red. Love the freedoms we have. I love the beauty of our country. But I have to ask this question tonight. Who is the God of Canada? Who is the God of Canada? We sing in our national anthem, God keep our land. Now, I would say the majority of us tonight, most of us tonight, would say, well, we're talking about the one true living God. We know who we're talking about. You read the history of our national anthem. It's incredible, incredible. And the writer of our national anthem, inspired by how our country was founded, put God keep our land glorious and free. And when we sing that, we understand tonight that we who are saved and read the word of God and understand the history of our country, we understand we're talking about the one true living God. But I have to tell you something. I don't think that's who most of our country are talking about when they sing that in our national anthem. I think many people in our country are confused as to who God even is or if there is a God. The growing religion in our country is not Christianity. It's not even Islam. It's atheism. You know as well as I do that many of our countrymen today do not support the idea that there is a God in heaven looking down who has created this world and is sustaining this world and is one day going to judge this world. That's not what our country thinks in a larger sense tonight. Would you agree with me? Say amen if you understand that. That's sad to me because I grew up believing in God. I was taught God in school, in church, in my home, in our government, In the courtroom, God was honored and God was revered and God's name was upheld. Folks, that wasn't that long ago, really. It really wasn't. And many of you understand what I'm talking about or know what I'm talking about, but some of you tonight, some of our younger people tonight, wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. Because it's not discussed in school. It's not even discussed in some churches anymore. It's definitely not discussed in a lot of homes. And so there's some confusion tonight. So I ask, who is the God of Canada? Who is it that we worship Who is it we call upon for help? Boy, do we need help. Our country needs help. We're in trouble. I I don't know if you've realized that, if you recognize that, but we've, we've got some political things going on that are not good. There are some bills being passed in the House of Commons in, in this very turmoil time. Our prime minister is sneaking them in under the, under the darkness of night almost, where a lot of people don't know what's going on. Our freedoms are being challenged. There are bills passed now that if you say something and it goes across on Facebook and our government doesn't like it, they can censor that. They can come to you and say, hey, you're not going to say that. They can challenge you in the courts. They can fine you for some of those things. I said many years as a pastor, I pastored for 30 years at the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas. I said to our church, I'm probably going to go to prison someday for preaching the things that I preach when I preach that homosexuality is a sin. When I preach that the transgender movement today is not a good movement for our society, uh, there's people that take offense to that, and there's going to come a time when our government's going to say, either you stop saying that or else. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Because they just told us for the last 18 months, you can have church this way, this long, these standards, this or else. Did they not? What's to stop them from saying, okay, You want to say those things? You're going to have church when we say, where we say, and how we say, or else. It's coming. 
You say, how do you know that? Well, I'm not a prophet, the son of a prophet, but I've been preaching long enough and I've been a Christian long enough and I've been in our country long enough to know that some of those things are coming. Did you know a few years ago that our government said that if you want to have kids come and work in the summer, we have a summer intern program, and, and they, they offset some of the cost of that. They said if you want to do that, then you have to check a little box that says you have to attest that you will not um, discriminate against anybody who is uh, transgender, homosexual, lesbian, whatever. Uh, you check that box, and you can have the program. If you don't check it, you don't get the program. That happened in Canada. And of course, as churches, we said, we, we love those people. We, we, we're not mad at them. We don't hate them. We, we want to see them get saved. We want them to know Christ. We want them to know the joy of the Lord. But we cannot agree with that. And, and somewhere in our society, we've gotten to a place where it's a, it's a crime to disagree with someone. How many of you are Toronto Maple Leaf fans? Nobody, nobody, nobody's proud enough to raise their hand. Yeah, very shyly. That's right. I, I would too. Any Montreal Canadian fans? See, now they're, those people are just nuts. <laughs> Hooping and hollering like that. <laughs> hey, can we disagree? Brother Tim, can we disagree? I, can, I cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's, just, that's been the hometown team for us. You know, Joe Thornton from St. Thomas has been playing there. Didn't do anything, but he's playing there. So we can, we can disagree. And I can say, hey, Quebec, I don't think Quebec's very good. And you say, hey, Toronto, Toronto's not very good. We can disagree on that. But it seems if you disagree with people today, then you're a hater. I hate him because I don't like the Montreal Canadiens. No, I just don't like his hockey team. Well, come to think of it, I don't really like you either. <laughs> but that's okay. We can agree to disagree because he doesn't like me either. <laughs> Who are we trusting in in this, the last days? And we are in the last days. A lot of people have, have asked me this question. Are we headed to the tribulation? Has this COVID time and the vaccine, all the questions we got, is that heading us to the tribulation times? I, we're not going into the tribulation just yet, but it is a picture of what's going to happen. It does show us some things. Here's the last day, 2 Timothy 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Hello. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Today, disobedient to parents, unthankful. That's this generation. Unholy, without natural affection. Can I say this? This is a very broad statement, a very bold statement. I said it 30 years ago when I started preaching. Abortion is still murder. That's a human life. It's a human life. Mrs. Creever is set to deliver a baby here any day now. If she slips out tonight, if you hear her say, uh, don't worry, she's just having a baby. Not here. Get her somewhere. She's going to have a baby. When that baby comes out, it's going to be a human being. It's going to have eyes, nose, mouth, fingers, and Lord willing, it doesn't look like her father or his father. We're just praying. <laughs> Bald, yes. Beard, no. It's going to be a baby. I, I posted on our church sign 30 years ago. I put on there, abortion is murder. Had the newspaper come by. They took my picture. You know, why would you put up, that up there? I said, I believe, I believe that's life. It's a bold statement. But that's an unnatural affection. You might say, well, I had an abortion. I, I feel bad because I know a lot of people struggle after that and realize I, I shouldn't have done that. Listen, God's got that baby. God's got it in good care. Don't you worry. But I've got to say that for the sake of these young people that, that may not know that, haven't been taught that, don't realize that. That's God's viewpoint. goes on to say this. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those things that are good. 
Churches do not look very good right now in Canada. They're despised because of the sins of other denominational churches and what they did to the young people of our nation. All churches have been lumped together and all of us appear to be wicked and evil because things were done in the name of Christ that were an atrocity that we would never have a part of, we would never condone, we would never have part of. But the world doesn't see it that way. They just see church. We're in the last days. Over these last 18 months, who have you trusted in? Who have you trusted in? In these 18 months, who have you called upon? Sought for wisdom and strength. Has it been our medical community? And I'm for the medical community. I'm for doctors and nurses, and I'm for people that understand things. But I don't put my trust in those people. I don't put my trust in them. They make mistakes. They've come back a few times and said, well, we thought this, but it wasn't this. It's, we're we're kind of working through this. I, I want a more sure substance. I, I want somebody more that I can trust in. I said, the sad thing of today is there's two sources that we need to really have and, and put our trust in in a time like this. It's our government and our media, and we don't trust either one of them. They've deceived us many times. And so who do you trust in today? Who is your God? Canadian, individual, Who is your God? I was informed just a few weeks ago that Canada is not a Christian nation. We were passing out John and Romans. We're having them delivered through the mail in British Columbia. And somebody got one in the mail. And they contacted us through email. And they wrote me and said, why are you sending this out? You shouldn't be sending this out. What a terrible thing to send this out. And Canada isn't even a godly nation. It's not, not even a Christian nation. And I hate to say this, but as I read that, at first I got upset. And then I had to say, I think they're right. I think they're right. Are we a Christian nation? Do the bulk of our citizens put their trust and hope and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the almighty God of this universe? Do they pledge an allegiance to him? Do they worship him? And the answer is, quite frankly, no. No. If we added up all the churchgoers across this nation that were in church this Sunday morning, the number would be far less than we would ever hope for. Did we have a great crowd here? Yes. Were there other great crowds? Yes. But when you think of the mass of 38 million people, 38 million people, how many of those 38 million people were in church this morning or watching church this morning? Not not as many as we'd like to think. In that immoral charge... Joshua asked, immortal charge, I should say, Joshua asked the same thing. And that is our opening text tonight. He asked the question, who is your God? Would you look at Joshua 24 with me tonight, verses 14 and 15? Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me challenge you, church, Christian, Sinner, Canada, choose you this day whom ye will serve. I ask first, will it be gods? 
Will it be those small g gods? Would you go to Genesis chapter 3 with me? I'm going to give you a few verses tonight. We'll turn quickly to them as quickly as you can. Genesis chapter 3. I'll be there a little bit before you. I'll give you a little time. If you're not there right away, I'll start reading. You can catch up. Genesis chapter 3. Will it be gods? Small g gods. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Lie. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, small g, knowing good and evil. In the Bible, this is something maybe you've never been taught. Let me know that when you see, uh, let you know that when you see the word God in the Bible, and it's a small g, that's referring to false gods. That's referring to idols. That's referring to false spirit worship. When you see a capital G, that's talking about Almighty God, Yahweh, Almighty God, the God, Creator God, Sustainer God. And the question is asked, and the statement is made by Satan, shall you be as gods? Small g. There are people that worship small g gods. There are people that worship false gods. They are the gods of the heathen. They are the gods of the proud, the haughty, and foolish, but not the ignorant. They knowingly worship them. I've had the privilege of traveling a good part of our world, and on some of my trips, I've been to the continent of Africa. We get confused sometimes, say the country of Africa. It's the continent of Africa. And I've been in the Ivory Coast, the Cote d'Ivoire, as they say in French, and I've been to Kenya. And in both of those places, I was able to go to villages and I was able to meet with people in the villages and meet the the tribal leaders in those villages. And I will tell you that there's still some false worship in those villages today. They will have idols set up that they worship. But it's not just in those African nations. It's not just in those uh, heathen type nations that we think of. That happens here too. When I worked in Cleveland, Ohio, there was a guy that had a a statue of Mary out front of his house. And we used to drive by it every day. And, and, and Mary was standing, she had her hands open in the common pose that you see, and I think there was a rosary hanging over her hands, and so we saw that. One day I went by, and Mary was turned upside down, and her head was down, her feet were up. And I couldn't resist, the guy was out, and I stopped, and I said, hey, what happened to your statue? And he says, oh, I got upset with Mary, so I turned her upside down. She didn't give me what I wanted. That's idol worship. That's right here. That's, that's in our nation. North America, idol worship, false gods. They are created in the heart, mind, and hand of humanity. They are powerless and useless. We most often think of idols when we think of these small G gods. But there is one that takes on no form, but has the greatest power, influence, and predominance in our world. And from heaven to hell, it exists. It is the God of self. Aren't we a self-serving generation? We look out for number one. We're going to take care of number one. I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to stay ahead. I'm going to finish ahead of everybody else. Self-centered. The God of self, fueled by pride and prodded by want, desire, and lust. It is the God of this generation, of this world. Let me ask you, is that the God you serve? Are you serving self? Are you just going to take care of self? I had a neighbor one time and I said, hey, what are you going to do when you die? Are you going to go to heaven or hell? He said, well, I'm hoping that my good works outweigh my bad works and I'll get to go to heaven. There are a lot of people that think that. 
If I, if I just try as hard as I can and be as good as I can, hopefully my good will outweigh the bad. i got to tell you something. You can't do a good enough job to outweigh your bad. Because the Bible says it takes only one sin, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. One sin does that. If you've ever lied, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever cheated, if you've ever disobeyed your parents, you're a sinner. And you fall short of the glory of God, and the glory of God is eternal life, heaven. So we can't be good enough. So that false God is useless. Trusting in yourself is useless. Praying to an idol made by the hands of man is useless because there's no power in that. And we know that. We realize that. We're not ignorant of that. But yet some will worship those things. Is that the God you serve? Or is it number two, strange gods? Strange gods. Let's go to Genesis 35 over just a little bit. Genesis 35. Look at verses 1 to 4 with me. Genesis 35. Strange gods. God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel. Here we are. And dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeareth unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of, thy, of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go to Bethel and, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. Jacob was a man who wrestled with God. God touched the sinew of his leg and dried it up. He walked with a limp the rest of his life as a reminder that he'd done business with God and lost. But God loved him and cared for him. And here's a godly man and traveling with him and his entourage of people that worked for him and with him and his family are people that had strange gods, false gods, idol worship. And, and so they turned those into him and he said, we're going to get ourselves clean, we're going to get right, and we're going to worship the one true living God. I find it kind of almost disheartening that this godly man had this going on around him and either didn't know about it or condoned it or at least turned an eye to it. Can I say today there's a lot in Christianity that are turning their eyes to false worship. They're turning away from those things that God has commanded and those things that are right and following a strange God. There are people in this world that worship things that they don't even know. Spirits, principalities, and powers, both real and imaginary. They try to conquer or conjure them up. They seek to know their fate and future by them. These are those who worship and try to divine by things of witchcraft and sorcery and astrology and myth. And again, there's, there's a large portion of our world that do those things. There are people that worship the devil, that have a, that have a, a literal worship of the devil. They worship the dark things of this world. They look for a power from them. And, and they despise the things of God and despise the things of Christianity. And we say, well, did that really happen here? I've told you a story many years ago, but a, a young boy, I went to visit a home, and, and we went in to make a, a soul-winning call, and I told the man that was with me, we were going to see his friend, I said, I just, I feel like something's wrong here. Something's not right here. And he said, yeah, I feel it too. And I'm not a guy that goes on feeling. 
He said, I, something's just not right. And so I said, we went in the house and sat down and I told the guy at the house, I said, now listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the Bible and I'm going to share with you the good news of the gospel. And when I do that, I don't want us to stop. I said, if the phone rings, don't answer it. I said, if the, if the TV comes on, just leave it alone. Just, just don't get distracted for what I'm going to tell you. No matter what happens, stay with me. I said, something's not right here. He looked at me. So we started through the Bible and here comes this little boy. He comes down the stairs. And we're at the table, and I've got the Bible open, and I said, now, I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. And this little boy stopped, and he looked right at me, maybe five, six, seven years old. We're sitting at the kitchen table, and I said, now, I want to talk to you about from the Word of God. And he did this. He went from talking in a child's voice. He did this. He said, God, 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 God. Scared me to death. I thought, wow, that's kind of creepy and the guy that was with me looked at me and I looked at him and the guy across the table looked at me this is this guy's kid I said I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ 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 and he's stomping his feet marching around the table I went through the plan of salvation I don't stop I said stay with me don't stop stay with me I said now let's bow our heads would you like to receive Christ as your savior and this kid's done this four or five times now every time I talk about Jesus or Christ or the blood he's stomping and he's using that voice and it's not the voice of a child and and I realize I'm in the presence of something that's not good here and 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 that's only happened one time in my life and I don't pay much attention to it but it just it happened to me and he got done and he prayed in the name of Jesus Christ amen and that kid stopped and he looked at me and he walked away and went upstairs I don't, I don't know what the whole deal with that child is, but I'll tell you this. I've talked to other folks who've been confrontational with people that they believe had an evil spirit. I, I think there are many today under the influence of drugs and alcohol and other things who open themselves up to a, a demon possession. That still happens today. We don't talk about that much, but it still happens today. And there are people that seek for that and want that. There's some in the music industry that used to conjure up uh, those things to try and get their music back in the 60s and 70s. It's real. And there are people that follow those strange gods. They bend to a God that declares or shows no existence, yet no less powerful to them. Some worship feeling, intuition, and hunches. And others, as we are told in Romans 1.25, who change the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That's evolution. They worship the creature rather than the creator. We, we've got to look at all that's around us and, and, and see how that happened. It just happened and how it evolved and all of those things. No, God created it. So the Bible says. And you can't look at nature very long, I don't think, without realizing that there's some higher power. There's something greater than us. And, and for this all to happen and just come about and just kind of flow together, I just don't buy that. I don't have that much faith. These are strange gods. Is that what you worship? And, and, and call God? Or do you worship finally tonight the God? The God. Let's look at Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15, over just a few pages. Exodus 15, the God. Exodus 15 verse 11 says this, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the small g-gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? This is the creator God. This is Genesis 1.1. This is the living God that's spoken of. He identifies in Genesis 26.24 as the God of Abraham, the father of all Israel, and by the way, of all the Arab nations through Ish Ishmael, but Isaac was the son of the Jewish mother. 
The God identifies as the I am, the Lord God, the God of Isaac, Jacob, Esau, and Moses in Exodus 3, 13 to 16. Now, I ask this. It's been asked, is God the God of the Jews only? Are they the chosen people alone? Let me answer that. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, go to the New Testament. Romans chapter 3. I want to show you verses 29 and 30. Romans chapter 3. Is God the God of the Jews only? Verse 29. He is the God of the, is he the God of the Jews only? There's the question. He is not also of the Gentiles? Question mark. Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Circumcision, speaking of the Jews, uncircumcision, talking about the Gentile nations. Is God the God of both? Absolutely. God is the God of the Jews and God is the God of the Gentiles. He's the God of all the world. He marked the Jews as his his beloved people, but he opened the door to the Gentile nations, that's us, through Jesus Christ. He loves us all, desires us all to follow and worship him. Israel's God became our God when we accept Christ as our personal Savior. The Holy Spirit of the God indwells me today and all who are saved through Christ. Let me ask you, is the God your God? Do you worship the God? Young people tonight, I want to say this is a very important question for you because you're starting out in life. Important question. Are you worshiping the God? Well, you're here tonight and that's a great start. And coming to church is great. But you've got to know the God. How do you know the God? You have to know his son, the Savior, Jesus Christ. You have to have a personal relationship with him. When I was a kid, I called Jesus into my life and asked him to save my soul and take me to heaven when I die. And my life changed that moment. And my life changed forever. I'm here tonight and I'm preaching to you tonight because I believe that the God in heaven who created this world sent his son to die on a cross to pay for my sin and give me the hope of eternal life. The God. Not a God I can turn upside down. Not a God of the dark things of this world, but a God of light and a God of love. We talk about love today. I see signs all the time. Love is love. Well, I'll tell you what's love. God is love. That's what the Bible says. God is love. If you want to know what love is, it's God. What's one of the greatest horrors of hell? God is not present there. There is no love found in hell. I want to go to a place where there's love. That's where God is. It's called heaven. And the only way to get there is by believing in the God. Did you just happen or did God create you? Go out into the starry night. I went to go fishing with my son last week. We had a great time. We went up north. We were up near the Bob Cajun area. Some of you have been to Buckhorn. You've, you've uh, vacationed up there. I think, Brother Bill, you've been up there. It's a beautiful place. Now, I'm sure you've done this. You, you get out away from the city lights. You get up into northern Ontario, and you look up at the sky at about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. You have never seen the sky like you see it there. Is phenomenal. I mean, you get up into the northern regions, maybe see those northern lights and see them dance on the horizon. It's an amazing thing. You look at that and you'll say to yourself, there is a God. You take these little babies that are being born. Griever's little baby is going to be born. You take that little baby coming out of her mom's belly, or I say her, his, her, I don't know. I'm saying her. That baby comes out and you look at that baby. That baby's been in that womb for nine months growing. It's an amazing thing. Perfect. That doesn't just happen. 
that that baby's going to look like their parents. That baby's going to grow and fashion into a human being. That's an amazing thing to me. And that just took billions of years to happen? No. I believe God said, let there be light, and there was light. I believe God said, let's separate the light and darkness. And he put waters upon the face of the earth, and he separated those, and land came about, and he planted the herbs of the field and the trees, and they bore fruit. And he created a man out of the dust. And he was alone. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a woman. And he brought them together as a husband and wife. And said, now populate the world. And they did. And here we are. Here we are. You say you really believe that? Absolutely. With every bit of faith I can conjure up. Because I'll tell you this, that's a whole lot easier for me to understand than that some little particle somehow began spinning and, and a big explosion took place. My question is always being, where did that particle come from? Where did that atom, that molecule, that nanocule, where did it come from? Somebody had to create it. I believe it was God, the God, the almighty God, the sovereign God. Do you believe that tonight? Say amen. I believe it. I believe it. And here's a fact for you. If I'm wrong tonight, let's say I'm wrong. There is no God. There is no heaven. There's nothing to gain. I have lost absolutely nothing living the life that I've lived. I've lived a great life. Grew up in a great town with some great people in a great church, spreading a great news, trying to help people have love and hope and peace and, and long suffering in their lives, trying to keep marriages together, have kids stay with their parents, have people fall in love and have a family. I, I've done, I've not, I've lost nothing. If I'm right and you don't believe in the God and you don't accept his son and have eternal life through him, you've lost everything. You've lost everything. Folks, and I believe in the God. Israel's God became our God. Let me ask you, is the God your God? Do you worship the God? Is the God the God you've trusted in in these last 18 months? Is the God the God that you have put your faith in? Is the God the God you promote, endeavor to please, and live for? Is the God the God you promote to your family and friends and neighbors? 1 Corinthians 8, 5 and 6 says, For though there be... For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, capital G, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. I've not had one worry, I've not had one doubt, I've not had one fear since the God became my God. This church was started to worship the God. It has carried on over all these years, 94 years later, to serve the God, to worship the God. And I praise God that you still do that, you still have that, you still promote that, and you're still excited about that. Some of you may not have that or have forgotten that. So for you, we conclude with this, Deuteronomy chapter 4. For time's sake, I'm just going to read it for you if that's okay. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 25 to 31. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God, to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day, that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land, whereunto you go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number, 
among the heathen, whether the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve God, small g, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But... If from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, that's today, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. I'm telling you tonight, Canada needs to hear God is real. Canada needs to hear tonight the God, our God, the holy God is the God that we sing of when we say, God, keep our land. People need to hear in our nation tonight that we have accepted that God and we follow that God and we love that God and we promote that God and we worship that God because he is the God. That's what Canada needs to hear tonight. Somebody should say amen right there. That's what our nation needs. We don't need more politics. We, we don't need more science. We, didn't, we don't need more medicine. We don't need more hockey. We, we don't need more money. We need more of the God. Because, folks, I'm telling you what I just read of Israel is where we're at today. We have turned away from our God. There was a day when, when, when farmers got off their tractor on Sunday and came to worship, and people closed down their store and came to worship, and people stopped doing what they were doing and came to worship the holy God. And this nation flourished, and this, nurse, this nation became wealthy, and that wealth overtook us. And now today we worship the God of the almighty dollar, and our almighty God that supplied all those things is pushed away from us. The God, the God. Who is your God today, my friends? A God, strange gods, or the God? If it's not the God, then today, would you let someone take a Bible and introduce you to him? If it was, would you beg God for his forgiveness right now? If it is, would you, would you be so bold as to declare that openly in your prayer to God that you would love him and will obey his word? And would you, in the most certain troubled days ahead, not quiver or quake, but trust the God? I give you this last verse. It says, what shall we then say to these things? If God, capital G, before us, say the rest with me, who can be against us? Who in Simcoe can be against us? Who in Ontario can be against us? Who in this world can be against us when we serve the one true living God who created this world and has sustained this world and kept his church going for over 2,000 years? When people wanted to stamp it out, when people wanted to get rid of the Bible, when people wanted to get rid of Christianity, when people wanted to get rid of preaching like this, God says, no, 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 I'm going to keep it going until Jesus comes. The God, do you worship tonight, Canada? Do you worship tonight, Christian? Do you worship tonight, Bethel Baptist Church? Do you worship tonight, individual Christian? The God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this night and for these good folks and for the time that we've spent together. Father, I pray tonight that we would leave here excited and say, listen, I've got the God. I found Jesus Christ the Savior, and I know the God. I worship him, and his Holy Spirit indwells me tonight. I know the God, and I'm going to go to work tomorrow and serve the God. And our family's going to get up, and we're going to thank God for all he's given us, the God. And we're going to promote the good things of the God, because we have the God. Help us tonight to stand strong in days of compromise. Help us to stand strong in times of wavering. Help us to stand strong in days of turmoil.
Help us, God, to know that you are the God. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. Let me ask you, do you know the God? How many tonight would say, preacher, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been born again. I know Jesus Christ. I have a personal relationship with him. I'm on my way to heaven. There is no question. I'm not doubting it. I know the God. Would you hold your hand up high in the air tonight? Hold it way up in the air tonight. Wave it a little bit. Say, yes, preacher, I know him. I know him. I know him. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Almost every hand was raised. Almost every hand. I know it's just a few that weren't. And I want to thank you for your honesty. If you didn't raise your hand a moment ago and you meant that, thank you for being honest. Man, it's a hard quality of finding people today. When I go to the doctor, if, if he asks me what's wrong and I don't tell him the truth, he can't help me. And I can't help you tonight if you won't be truthful. Are there any, are there any people here tonight that would say, Preacher, I don't know the God. This is new to me. I've not been taught that in my school. I've not been taught that in my home. I, I've never heard that before. But it intrigues me. I think I'd like to know more about that. I'm not going to approach you. I'm not going to call you out. I won't start you out. I promise you. But you say, listen, I, I want to know more about what you're talking about. I want to do something for you. I want to pray for you. Again, I won't center you out. You'll raise your hand in just a moment like folks just did. I'll see that hand. I'll ask you to put it down. And then I'll pray anonymously for you that God would help you to see him tonight more clearly than you've ever seen him before. Maybe for the first time. Who tonight would say, preacher, I want to know more about the God. Would you slip your hand up right now and put it right back down as soon as I see it? Put it right up and down. Put it right up and down. Amen. Anybody? Amen. How many say tonight, preacher? I've not really promoted the God very much these last 18 months. I've been kind of quiet because, you know, people, they're a little skittish and, you know, people are a little touchy and, well, well church has been kind of rough and, preacher, I got to tell you tonight, I've not promoted the God the way I should have. And tonight, I, I'm going to get promoting God. I'm going to let people know about the God. I'm going to let people know about the Jesus, the Savior, the one and only. How many tonight say, preacher, would you pray for me? I want to be that bold. I want to, I want to pronounce our God to others. Would you lift your hand up tonight and say, that's me. I want, to, I want to declare our God, the God. Amen, 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 amen. Let me ask you this tonight. I'll ask you one more question. Raise your hand for How many tonight say, preacher, I know somebody that doesn't know the God. I know somebody tonight that doesn't know our God, doesn't worship our God, does, doesn't adhere to the book, the Bible, God's holy word. They, they don't know him tonight. I know somebody like that. Would you put your hand in the air tonight and say, that's me. I know somebody like that. Amen. God bless you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you tonight to take that name before God, before God tonight and say, God, I want to tell that person about you. I'm nervous, I'm afraid, I don't have enough boldness, I, I'm scared that they might reject me, maybe they've already done it before, but I know that they don't have the God. And folks, here's the truth, if they don't have the God, they don't have eternal life, and they'll spend eternity in a place called hell. That's the truth. If you don't tell them, who will? Let's stand on our feet, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The piano's going to begin to play. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing that you did this morning. You're going to stand and pray right now. And as you pray the prayer that God has laid on your heart, when you're done praying, would you be seated tonight? Take as long as you need to pray. As long as you need. When you're done praying, you can be seated. God, tonight, I want to, I want to declare that you are the God. I want my family, I want my friends, I want my schoolmates, I want my neighbors to know that I believe in the God. I'm going to look up in the stars tonight and say, hey, you see that? That's the God. I'm going to point at a newborn baby and say, see that? That's the God. See that rose? That's the God. See the grass grow after the rain? That's the God. 
And that's why I worship. And I want you to know him. And I want you to come to him. When you're done praying tonight, you can be seated. Maybe tonight your prayer will be, God, I want to know you. God, I want to see you. I want to know that you exist. I want you to speak to me. When you're done praying, you can be seated. Some are being seated now. God, I've been too shy. God, I've been too backward. God, I've been too ashamed. God, I've been too mad at you. And tonight, I want to change that. When you're done praying, go ahead and be seated.